P-S-N-Y. have you done the past couple days uh you mean for aaron judge or just for this miserable sorry state that my new york rangers are in <laughs> okay well, what's going on folks this is uh bleacher creatures episode 151 uh for alex latest sports therapy session brought to you as always by elite sports ny the voice the pulse of new york city sports Part of XL Media, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and as always, Rivercrest, NYC. All right, so the Aaron Judge free agency, we'll rip it off right now. Nine years, $360 million to stay with the Yankees. But three years ago, you recall, this time last year, there was the winter meetings, they were also in San Diego, and Garrett Cole was the big fish, but everyone kind of knew, like, nah, like, Garrett Cole's going to the Yankees. Like it, it, it's fine. Like we just got we just got to wait. Garrett Cole's going to the Yankees. This time it was very stressful. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I can say it was very stressful, but it was just like very dire. You know, like the future of the organization and of the Yankees was hinging upon this yeah. one decision. And, you know, the future might still depend on it, depending how these not next nine years play out with Judge. But As I burp know, into the microphone. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's I, – I feel like even with Aaron Judge signed that we're still entering a very unknown period of Yankees baseball. It's unknown just because – they're kind of telegraphing. They're not done making moves. I mean, even before Judge was signed, I think it was Ken Rosenthal who said that Brian Cash was actively shopping Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson, even offering to include money in the deal, even take on more money coming back, mm-hmm. which it's not something you want to do, especially just admit like two of your biggest mistakes as a, as a general manager in like 25 years on the job. But at the same token, Alec, it's like the Yankees still need a left fielder. It wouldn't hurt to add another arm. Like it, this between the story of Hal Steinbrenner closing the deal with Judge, it's not the Yankees are kind of acting like the Yankees again. Yeah, it definitely has that feeling um, that they're not going to get outbid for a player that they want. Yeah. Um, and you know, they you know, I thought the the bringing back Hanley was a smart move. Um, I'll be tight pants. So, yeah, like it's got that feel that at least Steinbrenner seems like he's sick and tired of the way things have gone as for the New York Yankees over the last couple of years, and he's kind of channeling his his George a little bit, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, like there's still so much that needs to be done. It's you know, do the Yankees make a play for a guy like Dansby? You know, Andrew Benatendi is still out there. Go get him. Like, you know, bring him back. You know, I for me, I think the biggest thing I want to see is the Yankees make a play for a lefty bat who can be a, you know, a table setter, who, who, who will either be at the top of the lineup 
to set up for guys like Judge, like Stanton, like Rizzo, or a guy who's going to hit six or seventh and help flip the lineup around and make it to where the lineup is that much deeper because, you know, re-signing Judge feels like such a a win because, you know, we kept our star outfielder and, you know, potential future Hall of Famer. But if the offseason ends today, this team is no different than what it was when it got swept out of the ALCS. In fact, one could argue might be a little bit worse because, you know, you lose Tyone. And so... How about the money Tyone got from the Cubs? $17 million a year for four years. Go get it. Yeah, go for yeah, good for him. I've, you know, was it two Tommy John surgeries and a cancer uh, diagnosis? Yeah, yeah, two Tommy Johns, cancer. I think there was like a shoulder mixed in somewhere. Yeah, completely revamped his mechanics. I mean, good for him. I'm happy for him. I'm sad to see him leave because I really did like him as a Yankee. Yeah, I would have. I would have liked to see him come back. It, it, it sounds like though, even though he's going to the Cubs, it seems like he's still going to live up here because I don't know if you've been looking at his Instagram. He's been spending. Uh, a lot of time in your old stomping grounds, the uh, the Hudson Valley. Oh, really? No, yeah, he, I, I don't follow him on Instagram. He's been working with a, I think it's Hudson Distillery, mm-hmm. yep. like that. Yeah, I, we always knew he was a bit. He was a big whiskey drinker, but I'm guessing he's that's gonna he that's something he wants to do maybe after retirement. But at the, but like we're saying though, that you're right. The Yankees do need to make moves. I I don't think Dansby Swanson's going to be the guy. I mean, that would certainly be a surprise if he was. Yeah. Uh, Because you you have to figure if they sign Dansby Swanson, maybe the plan is to move him to third base at some point. Yeah, I'm like, I just threw kind of his name out there is if they want to do something that's really, like, big and shocking. And, like, I I feel like if they've jumped on him, that would be like, oh, the Yankees are definitely back. Um, Not that they need him with what's in the pipeline. Ben Intendi, I think, is absolutely going to come back at this point just because his market has been very quiet. Otherwise, the the Astros have checked in. I think the Cubs did their due diligence as well. Um. Oh, hold on. We got got a little got a little breaking news here. Oh, the Mets are in agreement with Brandon Nemo per John Heyman. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, you, you, you ready for just the Mets? Oh God. Eight years, one hundred sixty-two million for Brandon Nemo. Brandon Nemo's are going to make twenty million dollars a year. You know, I like I like Nemo. I like what he, the kind of hitter that he is. But twenty million a year, oh, man. Yeah, that's that, that's a lot for a leadoff center fielder who has some injury issues and and like he can hit, but not like hit hit. Yeah, I'm like he 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 just puts together good at bats, and I think he he would have been a really good fit on a team like the Yankees, uh, just like because again he brings that table setting dynamic, and. And it's just something a little bit different than what the Yankees are, which is, you know, right-handed dominant and power-centric. Um, but, yeah, I don't think for $162 million, I'd, I'd want him on the team. That That's a massive overpay. That reeks of Jacoby Ellsbury to me. Andrew Benintendi is not going to be getting that kind of money, not even close to it. Like he does like he granted with the Yankees, he showed some of, some of the gap power he had with the Red Sox at certain points. But no, I think that Andrew Benintendi on a three, maybe a modest four-year deal to come back and man left field, play center as needed, that would be a great pickup for the Yankees because we've talked. Like, Esteban Florio is not the guy. Yeah. Too I much mean, time in development limbo. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say another guy who had his opportunity wasted by, you know, 
yo-yoing back and forth. Clark so, Schmidt too. Yeah. You know, it's the, the difference being Clark Schmidt, I think still he can be a valuable relief pitcher. It's somewhere down the road. Yeah. Like, like starting middle relief, maybe graduate into setup closer. Like again, like I'll, you give him an opportunity, he'll find it, he'll find his niche. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but but keep on with the bullpen. I think that bringing Tommy Cadley back, like I like we've kind of. I remember I wrote an article saying, "Okay, I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be fun if it did." Sure enough, two years, I think like fourteen and a half million, something like that. Now all of a sudden, you have a guy who, again, I don't know where in the bullpen picture he's going to factor into, man, but. He he gives Boone options. He's okay. We have not just a bridge to Holmes, if, assuming Clay Holmes is the closer, but you now have various ways to build the bridge so that you can sort of modify your bullpen budget and not worry about guys getting overworked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, let's see. He pitched in twelve innings this year, struck out fourteen, had a modest two point eight four ERA. I'm like the dude. I think is very much still a um effective pitcher and i think you know he'll be a key component him and like marinaccio will be really good against opposing lefties that's two guys in the bullpen who have change-ups that just destroy lefties and then and then on top of the lobby still have wandy peralta yeah i mean and it's not even just like the left the change-ups that destroy lefties i mean they're effective pitches to lefties and righties so you know, I, I, yeah, I was really happy to see him back, obviously, because I think he'll do good things for the clubhouse. Um, you know, he's familiar with some of the guys still there. Uh, he'll bring, he'll bring really good energy uh, and some levity, especially during the stretch. But yeah, I, I, I like his acquisition for sure. You know, but there's still just still more work that needs to be done. And I hope Cashman doesn't just rest on his laurels after getting the big fish. It's... I gotta I gotta read this morning SPM, but apparently we we briefly discussed Masataka Yoshida, the Oryx Buffalo's Japanese star, who recently signed a five year ninety million deal with the Red Sox. And uh, if you add the posting fee, that that makes it about a hundred million dollars. Now we've talked before. When it comes to Japanese players in Major League Baseball, fortune favors the pitchers. There's been sixty four yeah. players to come over. 19 hitters, three good ones. Ichiro Suzuki, Hideki Matsui, Shohei Otani. Now, for the sake of this conversation, let's just eliminate Otani because he's a unicorn, right? Mm -hmm. So you had Matsui, who we all remember, 6'2", about 200-something pounds, beautiful lefty swing, like power, could could use the whole field. In the prime of his career, he was was a threat. Mm -hmm. And then similarly, you got Ichiro, who, not a very big guy, but he... He knows how to get those cheap hits on weak contact, just steal those singles and just become an on-base machine while also allegedly having that 40 home run power. So where's Yoshida fit in all this? He's five, he's listed as five nine, a buck around a buck seventy. So he's definitely more on the Ichiro side. We know that Nippon Professional Baseball and PB, they have that universal smaller baseball that's kind of sticky, kind of chalky, travels a little better where we already now know with MLB, they used three different balls last year. So is he going to be good? Yeah, I think that Masataki Yoshida can have, can carve out a home in Major League Baseball. But, and he's a 326 hitter, 
in Japan with like had an OPS like a little bit, I think 927, 135 home runs. Now, if he, if the power follows him, great. It's a little bit of an overpay, but it's great. But yeah. if he becomes if he becomes more of a contact guy, because like that's the thing, he doesn't strike out. He draws walks. He, he's a big bat to ball guy. But if he's more of a contact hitter in Boston, then okay, at worst, maybe he's Andrew Benintendi. But then you just paid over a hundred million dollars for Andrew Benintendi. Yeah. Um we yeah, I like I I from everything that I've heard, the dude has elite bat to ball skills. Sure. Um, and I do wonder how that's gonna translate to major league pitching. Um, but that the dude just gets on base. Like, not gonna lie, and you've heard me say it, I would have loved to have him on the Yankees, at least that kind of player. Um, but yeah, I like, and I was just reading an article from Alex Spire in the Boston Globe. Um, and yeah, there's just there's kind of confusion going on in Boston about what the game plan is there because you sign uh, Matt uh, Yoshida to that contract and then you let Xander go, and it's just it's head scratching. I mean, letting Xander go, the the Red Sox at least have the excuse of having Marcelo Meyer down on the uh down on the farm, and now they could say, okay, we're gonna pivot and re-sign Rafael Devers. But I don't know, Alec. Just looking at the state of the AL East right now, even though the Yankees still have work to do, and on paper they're a worse team than last year, we could even say, I, mm-hmm. I still think Fortune's got to favor them in terms of winning the division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the benefit should always go to the team that has done it recently, right? Yeah. The Yankees have won the division. Therefore, it is their division to lose. Uh, You know, we all know what teams are capable of doing. Yeah. Uh, And, like, obviously, I think the biggest threat this upcoming season is going to be Toronto. Um, But they're – Pitching remains a big question mark, and yeah. if, you know if the young guns in Toronto are going to replicate the you know their best seasons. I mean, you know, I think Vladdy Jr. had a pretty decent year last year, but it was nothing like his MVP runner-up season. So, yeah, I mean, the Yankees are the team to beat in the AL East right now, and it's a good position to be in. Um, but you know, let's uh. We we're not shooting for you know regular season titles here. It's about what's at the end of the road. More in Mets news. Uh, David Robertson's there now. Oh come on! <laughs> uh, you ready for this? One year, ten million. Are you fucking kidding me? Steve Cohen's just overcompensating now. What are we doing? David Robertson for ten million. What was he making with Philly? Not ten million. Maybe I think maybe like the league. I think no. I think he got no. He got a, like a minor league deal with the Cubs, and then they traded him to the yeah. They traded him to the Phillies. I mean like five, like three, four million last year with incentives, maybe. Yeah, last year, his base salary was three and a half. With yeah, his payroll salary was five point one. Jesus, my goodness! It's like Ken Singleton said: "There's nothing like being a major league player, right?" Yeah, jeez. Let's talk about the Yankees pitching. Uh, it's not official yet. We haven't heard anything about the two sides even remotely talking, but based on what Jack Curry has been tweeting and what he's been saying on Yankees hot stove, it sounds like 
Brian Cashman is very interested in the lefty Carlos Rodon. I've been seeing, oh, he's going to get a six-year contract in the range of 160 to 180. That's the rumor. That seems like a lot for someone who, if you really look at his stats, he's had two good years, two, and a history of injuries. Yeah, it's the history of injuries that are definitely very concerning because, you know, I'm looking at his numbers right now. He, you know, between 2015 and 2018, his ERA hovered around the, you know, four mark, you know, never it didn't get above 420. So, like, that's not bad by any means. Um, and like you said, these last two years have been the two years where he's been at his best. I mean, but this 2022, he threw 178 innings. That's the most innings he's thrown in his entire career. So, you know, and he, had a, and he had a career year and he had it. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. Nestor light. Like, I, like I'm pretty sure he led the majors in FIP, like 2.25. Yes, he did. And he let him in strikeouts per nine innings. He struck out 237 in 178 innings. But yeah, I mean, he's 29 years old. He, he only throws three pitches. What's that? He only throws three pitches. Yeah. I mean, would he be a good piece for the rotation? Absolutely. But I don't know if what he wants out of a contract, I don't know if it's worth worth dedicating that kind of money to. And it's, you yeah. know, it's funny when we say that because, like, you know, people criticize the deal that Judge signed, you know, and I can sit here and criticizing the money that Rodon wants. And really, like, in a vacuum, it's not a problem. It's just the fact that we have bloated contracts like Hicks, like Donaldson, like, you know, even Stanton. And I've been a, you know, supporter and defender of Giancarlo Stanton's tenure as a Yankee. Um, but, like, when you take those three contracts into account, all of a sudden it's like you don't want to be making risky moves like that again. You know, if you know, if you if you can get rid of Hicks and you can get rid of Donaldson, then yeah, maybe take on, you know, take the gamble with Carlos Rodon or whoever. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it seems like there's no better options out there if they want to explore the the market. Um I don't know, and I don't know what the trade, you know, pool looks like. I'll say this much it based on the movement of the market this far because first off when it comes to Hicks we know that at some point Brian Cashman is going to make one of his legendary trades that nobody saw coming it's going to be a sneaky good looking move that's how we lose Hicks we just have to play the waiting game on that maybe Donaldson gets moved too that's a patience game but in the immediate you look at Verlander going to the going to the Mets you look at Jacob deGrom and like the 15, 20 starts a year, he'll make as he steals money from the Texas Rangers. And the Rangers, you know, like they they were apparent they're apparently also in on Correa, on Swanson. Like they're they're ready to they already added Andrew Heaney as well. There's an argument to be made that with Verlander off the Astros, the American League could be the Yankees to lose. And I only say that because I think that. Houston royally overachieved in a bad division last year. And because Verlander is just, he's like judge on the Yankees. He's got that presence in the room. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, 
it could it, it could be the Yankees to lose, but I you know I'll be really interested to see what Seattle does this year. Um, now that they have the taste of you know the postseason push and you get that year of experience, um, there is certainly now no team that will actively scare me. Like the Astros are now no longer will really actively scare me now that they've lost Verlander. I mean, they still got the two arms who are going to be really good, Javier and uh, Valdez. But, yeah. you know, I, I think what happened in the postseason this past year against, you know, against them, the frustration was that the Yankees did a really good job of silencing their bats when they needed to. Uh, it was just the Astros had one of the greatest pitching performances in recent postseason memory. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it definitely seems more wide open, um, a little bit more parity in the American League than maybe in the National League. Right. So, yeah, it will be some exciting stuff. Let Let's uh, shift back to the man of the hour, Aaron Judge. The Giants, like maybe Zaidi, like Farhan Zaidi, the president of baseball ops, is using his experience with the Dodgers to just kind of drive home that point. Hey, like we got to spend. Like you want me to bring the you want the Giants to go past the Dodgers, you got to spend like the Dodgers. Yeah, because the fact that they offered Judge like close to close to three sixty, and then we're also <laughs> they also added Mitch Haniger for like forty five and a half million. They're also apparently talking to Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. So like, is it, could it could the Giants be for real? Like were like were they actually a serious threat this whole time, or was Judge's agent just trying to use them? to get to the Yankees. Like which one was it? Well, I'll tell you what, I would think a lot of the San Francisco Giants fans think they were used. I mean, they're Yeah, okay. They're, mo- Every- they're moaning about it like jilted lovers. It's you know, it, it's actually kind of hilarious and pathetic at the same time. Yeah, but we all, we all, we this happens all the time in free agency. The team whose fans get burned, they always they always accuse like, "Oh, we were being used as leverage. We were being used as leverage." Yes, that is how free agency works. Yeah, agents talk to other teams, try to leverage the most amount of money they can get for their client. And I'm sorry, Aaron Judge didn't pick the Giants, but you know what? Maybe you should have actually had a plan to build around him and convince him off of that, as opposed to just throwing money at him. So shame on you for not being as sharp as Brian Cashman. Shame on you for being the Dodgers' idiot younger brother again, and shame on you for trying to convince Aaron Judge to play in a ballpark where you take away his opposite field power. Yeah. Yeah, all, all valid points. They just refuse to see that. And then they take it personally against Judge. It's like, you know, now they want to call him greedy and shit. And I just don't understand when people are against players getting the bag because this is, you know, yeah, he's getting $400 million. It's it's chump change compared to what the billion-dollar owners get a year. So, like, look, you know, I get it. It sucks. He, they probably, you know – drank the Kool-Aid a little too much that was getting served to them by the media about yeah. Judge and the Giants. But, you know, the Giants kind of are starting to reek like the Padres, which is they're getting so desperate they'll throw money at anyone. Um, God, all, all my Red Sox fan friends are laughing hysterically at the Padres giving Xander Bogarts that much money. Like like one one of them, my friend Ben, he's like a big Red Sox guy, knows like knows the game, like he's a former sports writer. And he said something like Bogarts wasn't even that good last year. He's not that good of a fielder. And on an eleven year deal, 
you're th- you're looking at three, maybe four good years on that contract. Five if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's the same thing with Judge. You're looking at that contract. You're hoping for three to five years of you know maybe not sixty three home run or. 62 home run oh uh, yeah like a- a- anyone who's expecting judge to hit like 63 home runs again is deluding themselves yeah no absolutely it's you know for judge it's let's get 40 home runs a year from here on out and yeah you're, you're a hall of famer judge has that <laughs> yeah over the, for this contract to be worth it he has to charge not charge he has to hit between 30 and 40 home runs a year consistently touch 100 rbis and most importantly, stay healthy. Yeah, and I think if he stays healthy for, like, you know, I don't think age is going to really break him down too much until probably about year three and four. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, his 162-game average is 49 home runs. So, you know, there, you know, yes, we say he's probably not going to hit 62 home runs, but, hey, just saying that, you know, rookie I mean, year he played in however many games hit 52. But, yeah, with Bogart's, it's he's not that good of a fielder hitting wise i don't know how he's going to play in that ballpark oh yeah peck was a lot bigger than fenway i think we might see his doubles get, like come up um you know he hit he hit 38 doubles this past year he hit 307 i think those numbers he'll he'll replicate um yeah, it's you know it's been a really kind of freewheeling market this year. It just seems like owners are just throwing money at anyone. It's, and everyone. it's the expanded playoffs, man. There's more motivation to spend and try to be competitive. And you know, and I I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like that. Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, I'm just glad he's out of the division. I'm glad he's the Yankee killer is no longer there to kill the Yankees. Yeah. Um, and Red Sox fans are so salty that Tommy Canley's gone too, or that they missed out on Tommy Canley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that um that Boston Globe article I referenced earlier, uh, apparently Bloom was like shell shocked when he found out that Bogarts was gone. Oh yeah, he was at the airport, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was like. You lowballed him with the offer. Yeah, but I, I can't say I blame him though, because I, I just remember watching the bajillion Yankees Red Sox national broadcasts that happened during the season. Like the way that the story that the, the media framed the story, or at least that that the way the Red Sox framed it, it was like, no, like Bogarts wants to come back. We want to we want to have him back. We're we're gonna get the deal. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. And then you find out they didn't even offer him two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean, low ball upon low ball upon low ball. Let's hope they do the same thing to Devers. <laughs> oh God! Well, yeah, Garrett Cole will be so thankful for that. <laughs> All of the Yankee dumb would be. All right. Uh, if you can, if you're in the Yankees front office right now, like, what are what's the top of your priority list? Like, what are the moves that you're going to try and like? What are the deals that you're going to close? Like who specifically, or who? What kind of player I'm targeting? Uh, specifics. Um, probably Ben Attendee. Yeah. Now, now that Yoshida is off the market and Nimmo got what he got, uh, just like 
it's a safe move. Get Ben attendee. You know, yeah. He'll he'll be a good complement to that lineup. He'll he'll provide a little bit more balance. Um I figure I figure if you have him at the top at the leadoff spot against righties. And then at the bottom, you have Harrison Bader. That's a kind of kind of a good way to have almost like that double leadoff strategy that guys go for sometimes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and then I don't like I don't know what the relief market is. If they can get one more arm, I don't think we need another reliever. I think I think Shore and Canley up that that was fine. It's not required that they add another starter. It, it'd be nice. I'd love that. I gotta pull up the list of free agents here. I don't yeah, yeah. Radon would be okay, but at the same time, you could give someone like a Domingo Herman, like a Clark Schmidt, that shot at the number five. Yeah. Um... Or you could, or you make a play for that that Japanese pitcher, Cody Senga. Oh, that's right. I don't know what. I gotta find out what his uh. Is he? What's his deal? What's his story? I haven't really followed up on him. Who? Oh, Senga? Yeah. All right. So Matt, uh, Max Greenfield tweeted, like, he's good, but there's some injury history recently. Like, he's had an elbow, a back. Um. All right. Kuda Senga. Uh, righty. He's 29 from Japan. Uh, SoftBank. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the uh, Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks where Otani played. All right, in 11 years with the Hawks, 104 and 51, 2.42 ERA. Um, 10 strikeouts per nine innings, doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Uh, yeah, he's a control guy who can strike out when needed. Uh, the only issue is, uh, yeah, he's never, he, his career high in innings is 180.1. And that is from 2019. Gotcha. So there's potential, but there's risks. Yeah. Um. I mean, he, at a minimum, he seems more of a sure thing than Kayagawa. <laughs> oh, God. Kayagawa. Dude, I was reading the Yankee years when I was on vacation a couple months ago. Apparently mm-hmm. that was just that was just Cashman and Ste- and the Steinbrenners trying really hard to get a pitcher because they missed out on Mats- on Daisuke Matsuzaka. They got a gala and apparently all their scouts and like stats guys were like, "Why he's terrible? Why did you get him?" <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the free agent list. Like, other than getting like a Ben Attendee type. I'm not really sold on any of these names, like mainly because a lot of them are just right-handed hitters. Like Brandon Drury is a free agent, and I think I would love to. I would love to see him try again as a Yankee. Now sure, his vision is is fixed. Yeah, but again, you don't need another right-handed bat. So I don't know. Get like get Ben Attendee. Maybe there's a market out there in trades that they can explore. Um, you know, but yeah. Just get like one more piece and the right piece. Maybe oh actually hold on. Let me do that. Oh, Alec has an idea. I was always a fan of his. Let me just double check. Eh. Hmm. He didn't have that good of a year this year. I was gonna say maybe possibly bring back a Ben Gamble for a bench role as a yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's certainly... He hit 232 this year, but the year before he hit 255. So it looks like his numbers are relatively, man, they're pretty much equal. We just got a few more at-bats. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess there is no big splash move to make now. So just make smart moves. Yeah, I mean, look, we've, we can say right now that just from signing judge, re-signing judge alone, we'll throw bringing and we'll throw uh, the Kaylee reunion in here just for fun. Brian Cashman's had a good offseason. He's done what he had to do. He he flexed. He reminded everyone we're still the New York fucking Yankees. And now we just kind of kind of we kind of gotta wait it out until until spring training or until he makes a trade. He's not done making moves. Now we just gotta trust the process to borrow a Philly term. Yeah, I guess, like, I know Brian Reynolds has been talked about a lot. I Like, I don't know if a move for him, like, moves the needle for me. You know, he's a switch hitter, hit 262, 27 home runs. Still strikes out way too much. What would you say? Strikes out way too much. Yeah, uh, yeah, 141 strikeouts. So, I mean... He's not really the big move either. I mean, last year he had 90 RBIs. He struck out 119. So his strikeouts, strikeouts were up this year compared to the previous year. Um, I'll say I'll say this much: if the if the Yankees are serious about Ryan Reynolds, they should they should really try and push Hicks because that because he first off Reynolds has requested a trade. So the Pirates have lost all bargaining power. They have lost any right to make serious demands in negotiations. And at the same time, Cashman can say to their front office, okay, you are ready to make uh, Brian Reynolds the highest paid Pirate in team history. Why won't you take on most of Aaron Hicks' contract? Because you were prepared to spend that money then. Why won't you take it on now? You have the money. Yeah. Now, now, obviously, a straight-up trade for, for Hicks for Brian Reynolds isn't going to happen. But, again... Yeah, you'll have, to, you'll have to put a pretty decent prospect there to get yeah. him to take that money. Um, which, you know, maybe in that case, because I don't know, does Reynolds have any controlled years? Yeah, he's got two years of arbitration left. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and, and that could be a smart complimentary move. I don't think that's the kind of move where it's like, okay, now the offseason is done. But I I think there is a move to be made similar to that, you know, where that kind of player or, you know, just depth and role pieces that you can bring in and maybe, you know, like, yeah, just you kind of said it earlier, there's going to be like a magic move that Cashman makes. It's like, go find us the next Gio or Shella again. You yeah, know? go go find us a James Paxton. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's still an interesting time, you know. I'm unsure how to proceed going forward, but at least, you know, the Yankees got their star. He's going to – they got their career Yankee now. And Most important of all, I don't have to hold you to account for how much you were saying you were going to ditch the Yankees if Judge left. Yeah. Yeah. You're stuck with me. So. <laughs> yeah. And all, all you listeners are stuck with me, too, so get used to it. Uh, but will you ever abandon the Rangers? Dude, dude, I 
I I've been close. Hey, they won their last couple of games. All right. Yes, I know. Hey, hey. They it was ugly when they beat the Blues. It was perfect when they beat the Golden Knights. Like it was an outstanding game. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Days. Um, but. You see what happens when you put the kids on the first line. Capo Caco, Lexi Lafreniere, and Philip Heedle all scored in the same game for the first time in their careers. Why? Because they played top six minutes and they had confidence. Wow, Gerard Gallant, why is it so fucking hard for you to realize that? <sighs> the Yankees Twitter goes Rangers Twitter. Love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, folks, that was our very brief Bleacher Creatures episode uh, 151. I'm going to go take a shot at 151 because I am exhausted from this week. I have a two-year-old. I hate covering West Coast stuff because I don't sleep if that happens. I'm kidding. I love the West Coast. I love going to the West Coast. I'm overdue a trip out there. But, man, I I miss sleep. I miss sleep so much. (laughs) Shouldn't have had a kid. No, I love my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, folks. Thanks for listening. Go back and listen to the last episode where we had Ken Singleton on. That was that's it was a great talk. Had lots of fun baseball stories. Go and we'll hopefully have him back on in the next month or so. We're gonna have some other guests on pretty soon too. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys soon. Alex, say goodbye. No. Bye. <laughs>